podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is a View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomOfTheGiants.com. Today's Monday, the 17th of September, 2018. My name's Patrick Smith. The Belfast Giants remain on a roll. Four games, four wins. And, uh, well, a couple of superb games at the weekend, not least a 10-goal thriller against the Brit... Br- sorry, the Brit... No, no, the Glasgow. <laughs> we, uh, we'll, we'll come to that. Uh, joining me, as always, my very good friends, Mr. David McJimsey. What about you, mate? I'm doing all right, mate. How are you? I'm, I'm grand. I'm really looking forward to this show because, like, I know I'm a bit of a fanboy, but, like, Mark Garside is on this show, and for me, this is a big deal. Well, no, you know everything about it. It was music, everything. Uh, and more is music. More is music. You know, I've always been a fan of the of the sort of the folk rock kind of, you know, uh, Glaswegian East Kilbride kind of angle on his, on his, uh, on his guitar playing. Unfortunately, with the, with the bad shoulder, he hasn't been able to, to strum as much over the last few years, but uh, it's good to have him back on the guitar. It's a niche market. It's a niche market. The uh, Speaking of niche markets, Joel Neal. I don't even know what that means. Joel Neal, how are you? <laughs> Great, mate. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm just piecing it together. You know what I mean? Just keeping things going. Great to be with you, as always. And <laughs> I'm Davey. I mean, what can you say? And, and, the, uh, and, and also the man behind the mic on... Oh, it was actually John by Joel. The man behind the mic on Belfast Giants TV. Mr. Simon Kitchen, how are you? Good evening, gentlemen. I'm all good, mate. Uh, we've got one cracking show for you. We've got quite a few guests. Um, as... Davey mentioned Mark Garside will be joining us in just a short while. Sis has been down to training and talked to Beskar Rowani, Bouvier and Adam Keefe. We'll also be hearing from uh, GM the GM, one of Davey's BFFs. Uh, Gary Moran is on the show and also we'll be hearing a taster of the 25-minute interview, was it, Joe? Yeah, no, well, I mean, give, give me some credit. It was 23. 23. We're <laughs> going to only hear some of the 23-minute interview that Joel Neal did with Todd Dudium, and we'll be talking more about that later in the show. But let's get cracking with the game that took place on Friday night at the SSE Arena. Challenge Cup competition between the Belfast Giants and Omar Pasha's Dundee Stars. Excuse me, the Dundee Stars obviously played the Giants in the opening game over in the DIAA, and this is the second time they've faced them, first time in Belfast, and the Giants won this game 4-1. to one. Colin Shields opened the scoring just over a minute on the clock before Jim Vandermeer on the power play made it two nothing in about what in the last two minutes of the uh, two minutes of the first period, and it was less than a minute after that that Dustin Johnner made it three nil into the second period. Uh, Dundee Stars Francois Bouchard made it three one and gave the Stars hope, but that was extinguished within the first five minutes of the third period when Paul Swindlehurst made it. Four one. With regards to goalkeepers, Stephen Murphy started between the pipes for the first time in quite a while for the Belfast Giants, while Craig Holland started for the Dundee Stars. Uh, Craig Holland faced forty-seven shots. Stephen Murphy faced 
17. And your referees, well, they were Tom Darnell and Liam Sewell. Um, I'll start with you, Davey. Uh, just, just another Challenge Cup game, just another Challenge Cup win. Yeah, I think we've came out with a bit of jump on this Challenge Cup. We're using it as a bit of an extension of our pre-season. We've been fortunate with the way the fixtures have have landed for us again this season. So credit to Thorpe there for at the league meeting for for getting these four games up front for us to to get us you know well tuned up for league action. Don't these stars can be a tough nut to crack if you can't put them away? And of course the the early goal being so crucial and Swinney throwing it in. You know, from just a, I think it was around the top of the circles and, and sheds lurking around the back post there, flicking it just then off the goalie's pads, helping it on its way in to get us off to a really good start. And then, you know, game sort of, Dundee Stars kind of got themselves back into it a little bit towards the end of that first period. And they, they, they trapped us in our own zone for extended periods of time. And, and something we've been doing a lot this start of the season is we've been turning the puck over pretty soft, throwing pucks up the centre of the ice rather than going off the glass for some reason. And we're, time and time again, we're getting picked off at the points and, and Dundee were able to get line changes and just keep the pressure on us. And, Stephen Murphy had to come up big at times. They kept picking us off at the points and, you know, they kept putting the pressure on and Stephen Murphy had to stand tall at times. But then, you know, Vandy getting the, the power play marker and then DJ coming up with a, a fantastic short eight just before the period break sort of settled the nerves down well. And, you know, OK, OK, Richard gets one back for them, but closed it out in fairly convincing fashion in the third period. Another good third period, bit of a wobble in the first, not a great second, but apart from that, you know, standard workman-like performance from us. Joel. Excellent, excellent. Sorry, just there. I thought Stephen Murphy on his back was absolutely sensational at the time. Really, really. Yeah, he just dovetailed back in there like he's never been away and fantastic to have Murph back between the pipes. Absolutely. I'm going to come back to that. Um, Joel, you spoke to, you, you speak to the coach after the game and he didn't seem too pleased. Yeah, and I mean, uh, let's remember that I'm the rookie of the panel here. Uh, going down into that tunnel after the game, uh, I I was kind of caught unawares, to be honest. I know we'd been flat for the second. Um, you know, obviously, we uh, had scored early, as, as Davey says. Vandy got the power play goal. Dustin Johnner straight after with the shorty. And to be honest, it seemed that the Giants in that second period were just content to ride at Dundee's pace. They didn't really try to push into an extra gear, didn't have that kind of uh, killer instinct that, that would have uh, that would have wiped the game out earlier on. Um, and obviously Dundee's goal was a five on three. The Giants may be sloppy and giving away those penalties, but I wandered down into the tunnel for for a couple of interviews afterwards. And and uh, I mean, frankly, the the atmosphere was almost as if we'd lost. You know, uh, the coach was less than pleased, and and he be happy enough, I think, to admit that himself. Um, I don't mind that whatsoever. Uh, if that's Adam Keith's mindset after a four one win, if he's happy and if, if he if he came away from that game happy enough to do what we needed to do in the first period, get lucky a couple of times, coast through the second, and then I sit in the third. Um, that's that's not the attitude that Adam Keith has ever had, and it's obviously progressed into his coaching career. That to me is an early sign that he is not going to take anything less than top gear, flat to the mat for three periods for the entire season, and. Goodness gracious, are we ever going to need it when you consider the number of games and the number of competitions? So, not happy, uh, but I'm taking that as a big positive. And as we'll get on to, obviously, the Giants responded in a big way the next night, uh, eventually. It says, you know, I said Joe spoke to, to Adam Keith. You spoke to Omar Pasha, who seemed a little bit happier after, after in the second period, regards to, but obviously disappointed with the loss. Yeah, I mean, Pash is I mean, he's a good friend of the show. We've, we've talked to him on numerous occasions, and uh, it was good to really give us the time for you that they had to shoot off to get the ferry. But he was 
he was really disappointed with the first period, you know, turned the puck over too easily. Um, and, and we capitalized on it. But for the last 40 minutes, he says he couldn't, you know, the effort that his team put in, that they certainly couldn't fault him. Um, I thought that, you know, we get off their great start. And um, I thought that, to be honest, we're 3-0 up. They've got their backup goalie in. I thought our guys just took their foot off the pedal um, and allowed Dundee into it. Uh, you know, they, they scored that, um, their, it was a power play goal just after halfway, 30 four thirty five minute mark I think it was. Um yeah. but you know which we shouldn't have conceded. You know, the Dundee will cause trouble for teams this year. But when you know when we, we put those three goals away in the first period and again yes we, we capitalized on their mistakes um and you know we, we did a reasonably good job. But I can understand why Adam was a bit disappointed. Um you know we, we were calling the game um on uh, Friday night with Dicko um and we, we talked about it afterwards and it, it it was a, it was a game that it's difficult to call. There wasn't a lot happening um, compared to Saturday, which was you know probably one of the best games I've called um, for the chance TV and and all the time I've been there. But uh, you know the most important thing is the win. Um, that, that was three for three uh, for the start of the Challenge Cup um, run. So I, I thought that as I say I thought we we could have done a lot better, um, but. It was good to get some of the guys, get everybody ice time, you know, the four lines rolling, um, you know, Hookie, uh, Gary and uh, and Boxy, you know, they played their, their parts in it as well. Um, so overall, two points, the most important thing, but their performance could have been a lot better. David, since brings it up there, actually, with regards to depth, and something that was probably apparent over the whole weekend, and we'll, we'll, we'll come to the clan game in a second. But Boxy, Hook, gosh, the, 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 the British depth at the team—you could see that they were fighting for everything. Yeah, and you know, I think Simon and yourself and Joel himself have, have spoken a wee bit at length about the, the British players this season, not just in the Belfast Giants team, but right around the league. That you know, they're not able to take a night off, especially if you're playing in front of your one of the GB coaches, and Adam Keith, you're trying to impress him enough to keep your ice time as a Belfast champ, but you also want to put yourself in the shop window for for the postseason games with GB. And you know those guys have to, as Joel said there, you know they've got to go flat to the mat every shift, and they've got to be go they've got to be go to guys in the team. They just can't be going out there in fourth line and eating up ice time. You know you come up there, they've come up with a big goal, Boxy Hoogie and and Gary, they've come up with a big goal on on the Saturday night against. Scottish team, the the clan from wherever, and uh, he's called Brad. He's called he's called Brad Clan. Um, so yeah, they're 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 key to our team. You know, we've got Colin Shields at one end uh, with, with Stephen Murphy playing at import level. They, you know, they have to be import quality players for for the ice time that those guys get. And and Boxy Hoogie and, and Gosh, whenever they get the chance to be on the ice, they've got to shut down other teams and and they've got to come up goals when they get opportunities. Davies had a say on uh, on Stephen Murphy back behind back in goal says you know it's it's almost a year since that injury he took against the Sheffield Steelers wasn't it that put him out uh, it's good to see him back in there it, it is almost a year since the, the injury last year but don't forget he the previous year um, mm-hmm. he finished which with an injury as well so I, I think it was Davies Davies got all the stats there but I can't oh, sorry maybe Joel has them um, but the still, uh, still. It was, you know. I think when he played two or three games last year. So basically, you know, he, he was out for the guts of your team, maybe 20 months. So coming in and, and putting the performance that he did, you know, let's not, you know, let's not take anything away from Dundee. Dundee had their chances. 
And that's because we sort of took our foot off a pedal, but they definitely had their chances to score. Murph came up with a couple of really big saves um, when he had two. And, and that, that's that's what we always get off. It was laughable um, the start of last year, obviously picking up the injuries and some chance fans um, saying that he's finished. I, Stephen Murphy is far from finished. He proved that on Friday night and he's going to prove it for the rest of the season. Hopefully he can stay fit. Because I'll tell you what, I know who I would rather take alongside Ben Bounds if I was the coach or assistant coach for GB, and it's Stephen Murphy. If you're happy and you know... Uh, that tune was going around my head on the other night. Anyway, um, come to you, Joel, regards to... Because we heard the, the chant that came from Boomerang Corner at the, end of the, uh, at the end of the night. But your take on Stephen Murphy that night? Yeah, I, I had the chance to speak to him just after the, the head coach uh, following that game. And I sort of put it to him that, you know, to come back in uh, uh, after such a long layup, is it almost harder to only face 17 shots as opposed to being peppered all night? Obviously, you're coming in with uh, no game time in, in, you know, X months and, and you're standing there tracking the puck, trying to stay in position, and you just don't know when you're going to get kind of shot on. But he said that it was actually sort of a nothing to him. He, he came in and he, the, 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 the sentence that I picked up on that I think was probably reflective of the entire performance is that he went out there and his injury and the layup and the rehab process wasn't even in his mind. It wasn't even a factor. As far as he was concerned, as soon as, as, soon as his skate touched the ice that night, he was just back to business. And for me, it showed. Um, you know, I think the Giants defense did a, a good job largely in keeping the puck away from him, you know, only facing the 17 shots. But, um, it just to me, he just it, it was crazy almost that he showed no ill effects from from such a long layup, and and he himself you could see he was just elated to be back. It was uh, probably just a, a big release of all that frustration and, and all that tension that built up for so long uh, trying to get ready to go again. And um, it was just a, it was a great news story to see him back there, right back where he belongs. And um, something I said on Twitter, you know. Giants fans are, oh, I mean, we, we can be a fickle bunch, let's be honest. Um, we are very easily uh, curded by sort of these flashy goaltenders that come through Belfast with big kind of American or Canadian names, big characters, um, you know, guys like Chi um, that, that come through. And it's very easy to sort of take for granted what you've had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's very easy to take for granted what you've had all along and, and, and the factor that has brought so much silverware to, to Belfast and somebody that's from, kind of broadly speaking, these shores. And um, that's on us, you know. It, it's very easy to take that for granted and we shouldn't be doing it. It just felt, uh, it was. I said, good for the soul to see him out there doing what he does again. And, um, and I can't wait to see the next. Do you know, Joel, back in Stephen Murphy's last season as a Manchester Phoenix player, I believe mm. it was at the time, I was in the what would you call it, Paddy? It's the storm shelter now, the drizzle dome, as, as, <laughs> yep. it, as it was then. Um, for the, I, I think it was, what the, it was called then. I think it might have been like the semi final of the the knockout cup or something. Or did we play Manchester in both cup finals? Both cup season? finals, I think. So it was. I don't know what I was in. I was up there for for a, a game anyway, and it was on a wee Johnny Cash during all the, the period breaks, <laughs> and uh, there was two guys absolutely. Ripping Stephen Murphy apart, two Manchester fans, Aldrinham fans, whatever, and uh, was having a, a chat as I was washing my hands, saying I would take him in Belfast anytime. And little did I know we we, we were going to, you know, end up with him and, and four hundred near five hundred games later, what he's brought to this club in terms of success is just unbelievable. And as Joel says, you don't know what you've got until it's gone. Mm-hmm. And his testimony of the year as well. 
Yeah, and, and richly, richly deserved. You know, whenever you look at our all-time goalie stats and, and you see some of the names up near the top, I think the Martin Clampa leads the goalies in terms of, you know, like overall save percentage goals against or whatever. But, you know, Murph is right up there, number two or number three or something on the list. And he's played you know, 400 games more than them. So his consistency over that like, 10-year period, you know, where these goalies can come in. Martin Clampa was was hot for us. Like, came in, uh, Mr. Zero, brilliant, brilliant goaltender. But he did it over 12 months. You know, mm. Murphy's done it over 10 years. So, you know, you've got you've to give credit and props to Stephen Murphy. He's just, we won't see the likes of him again in a Belfast Giants jersey in a 10-year span. It just won't happen. I agree with that. The highlights of this game, the game against the win over the Dundee Stars, you can find them on kingdomthegiants.com from our good friends at Belfast Giants TV. Let's move on to Saturday's game because it was a belter. We talked about it earlier on. A 6-4 victory over the Glasgow clan. When we spoke about this game last week, I think everybody was in agreement that it was not, not I think, a formality is being unfair. I think we were pretty confident going into this game that the Giants had enough to do one over on the clan. After 20 minutes of the game, I don't know where that confidence stood. The Glasgow clan came in, in their, under their new moniker and, uh, well, took hold of the first period. Two minutes and 11 seconds, Vaclav Stupka scored the first and eight minutes later exactly, he scored another to make it 2-0. And with only around 44 seconds left on the clock, these are all even strength. Scott Pitt made it 3 nothing. Probably one of the worst periods of hockey we've seen from the Belfast Giants in a while, the way that the, the, uh, the Glasgow clan took hold. And then we go into the period break, and I don't know what Alan Keefe said, but the Belfast Giants come out and they attack. 1 minute and 23 seconds into the second period on the power play, Darcy Murphy gets the first. 8.29 in even strength, Cal Bond gets the second. 13.53 on the power play, Patrick Dwyer uses Zach Fitzgerald's elbow, and he puts it in to make it 3-3. And then, Hook. the top of the circle, two chance players stepped in. It's going through shoving. Johnson for three. Oh! What a comeback for the Stanley Belfast Giants! Oh baby, I'm, I'm sorry. What was that? Oh baby, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Oh baby, one more time. Oh baby, baby. Oh baby, baby. Yes, the Belfast Giants led 4-3 at the end of the second period. A goal from Mark Garside at 17.58, just over two minutes left in that period. Clan weren't out of it yet. Uh, In the third player, they pulled it back to 4-4. Scott Tansky with a bit of a tip in front of Tyler Beskarowani to make it 4-4. And then the Giants rounded out the game. 10.58 in the third. Patrick Dwyer with the second of the game. And then the empty net from Cal Bond. A pass from Dustin Jonner very unselfishly puts it in for Cal Bond for his second of the game. And the Giants end this 10-goal game 6-4 with regards to shots on. 41 shots for the Belfast Giants on Rempel and 26 shots from the Glasgow clan on Tyler Beskarowana. Your referees, Andrew Dalton and Liam Sewell, no doubt they'll come up in conversation. 
Joel Neal. Well, you know, I, I'm going I'm, I'm to start with you. Oh, baby. Um, <laughs> what a game that was. How am I supposed to come back after that? Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to say anything coherent after that. Thanks, mate. Thanks very much for that. I yeah, uh, really, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, it was the uh, finally probably the response that that the head coach was looking for after the previous night. You know, the uh, the, the first 20 minutes where I'm sorry, absolutely dire. Um, we we just were not playing hockey whatsoever. We allowed Glasgow to come in. And, I mean, they, they did not come to Belfast to play a road game. They weren't going to sit back and wait for the breakaway. They weren't going to try and, you know, trap us out, play conservatively, anything like that. They were all out attacking, and we seriously just weren't ready. Um, that second period was just night and day. Uh, everyone finishing their checks, a tremendously physical game. And, you know, some of those clan players, I was genuinely impressed by. I think uh, I think they've probably got one of the best teams that they've got in a number of years. You know, Joel Rumble and Nets, uh, you know, obviously uh, gave up the goals that he gave up. But there were a number, even even after the Belfast Giants switched it on in a big way, that, that triple save was uh, as good as you'll see in this league. Um, tremendously impressed as well by Stubke, um, who had two goals in an assist on the night as well and um, you know we uh, it, it wasn't a game that was ever going to be easy for us just from the way they came in and played but thank god we just responded the way we did um, a complete team performance for 40 minutes um, and if we can tap into that uh, and just, as you say goodness only knows what was said to the team but if we can tap into that again we're going to be a serious hockey team this year Davey that first period I know we came out there was seemed to be a lack of edge a lack of physicality and just just rotten Bit of a lack of burn down on net as well, you know. If we outshot them, haven't really troubled Rumble that much in net. Uh, texted uh, says with maybe about a minute to go in the, in the before the period break, just to say that I thought that our lack of physicality, I thought that the clan were were coming with a physical enough game plan, but I thought our lack of physicality, just in terms of finishing hits and and just make, being hard on players, making it hard for them to come into our barn and play. I just didn't think it was there, but you know. We let them get a foothold in the game, Stippa, mm-hmm. who, by the way, Clan are trying to nail down their contract. I would say there'd be a lot of interest in him, especially seeing a team around the league today making two roster spaces available. You know, I wouldn't surprise in the slightest if, if he's having chats in South Yorkshire as well. But, um, you know, he looks a, he looks a, a good, good player. I think he had a couple of assists maybe on the night as well, Simon. I, I can't remember. I don't have the game sheet. I think me, he but, did. Um, you know, we let them get that foothold in the game, but momentum is is key in hockey. And it's a funny old thing, you know, it's hard to get it back when you lose it. And it's, you know, they just lost it in that second period and we we're able to keep coming and keep coming. And that wee bit of belief and that extra little bit of quality, I think, that the likes of Pat Dwyer brings. And, and then we talked earlier on, on last night's, on, on Friday night's game, right? just when you're fourth line, when you're up against it and your fourth line are chipping in with big goals, like that go-ahead goal from Gary, they're just settling the nerves down we're going into the end the third period with the lead instead of you know at the end of looking down the barrel of a, of a very long night at the end of the, the first 20 minutes and after 40 to be in a position to go on there and and really close the game out well in the third the atmosphere was electric sis it was you know it was a big big crowd in nearly five and a half thousand in um and four and a half on the friday night so you know ten thousand the first weekend back um, after uh, you know so long off is, is, is a great job by the organization as normal um, and what a game you know it was one of the best games that, that I'd seen at the SSE for quite some time uh, the only thing it didn't have was a couple of scraps was close at times um, one point I thought right I'm going to go with Fitzy and I really really would really like to have seen that 
but um, it wouldn't have been the right. It would have been a good penalty for for uh, Glasgow to take, but it would have made a good penalty for us. And um, I thought it was great. I really did. I thought it was right into it. And I mean that that first period is probably uh, you know it's probably going to be the worst we're going to play all season in a, in a twenty minute period. There was a turning point in it for me that. I don't think I don't think anybody's mentioned yet. It was in and out because that's not great tonight. Uh, but Boxy blocked the shot. They were they were two 0 up. We had a double minor to Jelena. He got a two minutes for something, and then uh, he got two minutes for smacking a stick off the glass uh, for unsportsmanlike conduct. She was uh, on the shorthand shorthanded line, and he blocked a, a slap shot from the point, which was really traveling. Um, and that was huge. He, he he struggled to get the bench. He came back a couple of minutes later, but uh, he definitely, you know, he took one for the team there. And then we, you know, for the last couple of minutes, that, that uh, first period, but, you know, they, they got one late and that can, that can go both ways. In between the first and second period, Joel and I were sitting chatting and Robert Fitzpatrick wasn't happy. Um, you know, he had basically, you know, that's, that's, bloody, that's terrible, bye. And I just said to him, like, just calm down. It's only it's one period. It's not over yet. Joel was there like at the time. Um and then right at the very end I tried to grab him, but he wasn't paying attention to me. Um but you know, coming back from three 0 down, the lead four three at the end of that second period was was brilliant. I spoke to a few of the guys um after the game. I I think the you know, the boys knew themselves that, that the first twenty minutes wasn't good enough. The other thing to look at, you know, we played the night before. They hadn't played for a week. Okay, they've got to come across in the ferry, but you know they're, they're relaxing for a couple of hours. They're not really, you know, putting any stress in their bodies or anything. They're just sitting down, relaxing, and getting ready for the game. But if there's just difference as well. But as I say, coming down three 0 down at the end of the first period, come back to lead four three at the end of the second, and then you know they didn't put that much pressure on us in the third either. Uh, they had their chances. You would like to think so. You know that it's a. It's a good team. Joel has already touched on. You know they've got a couple of really good players. Um, Earhart, uh, Travis Earhart, he's going to be a real good addition to that lineup. Uh, we all know what Cons can do. And Davy had mentioned Stutka. I think it was Furley nailed him at the start of the second period. Yeah, two goals and one assist in the first period. And as soon as he got hit, he didn't want to know. And I mean, I wouldn't want to get hit by Ferdy or, or Francis Beauvillier on on Saturday night. But um, forms for the last forty, first twenty or twenty to forget. Um, and uh, again, another two points, four for four on the Challenge Cup, and it's a great way to lead into the start of your league season. There's something interesting, Davy, about the psychology of the turnaround like that. Obviously, you know, it it was night and day between before the first period break and after the first period break you, you've, you've been in locker rooms I've been in locker rooms we've all been you know part of sports teams in one way or another but I don't think I've seen such a such a major turnaround in any team in in, in many sports well, that's where you got to give you as, as Joe would say you know cap tip to, to the coach there the coaching staff have obviously during that period break Laid it out in no uncertain terms as to what was going to require to, and I'm sure the veteran leadership in that team as well, and just the just the players in general. Though if no one when they've gone in there, you know, and that's when that's when leaders need to stand up and say, "Look, guys, this isn't good enough." There's a lot of people out here who've paid to get in and see us entertain them as well, and 
and we just haven't showed up tonight. This is, you know, we we have to go out and and, and make right what what has been wrong in this first period. So, uh, you know, and it's crucial getting a quick goal. We talked about the quick goal on on Saturday night against Dundee. You know, to start the game, well, getting that quick goal. You know, Darcy Daniels coming up with the quick goal to start on the on the power play on the fresh city ice there was massive for us as well, you know, so getting that and getting a bit of momentum, as we said earlier on, you know, that is key in this game. And, uh, you know, Adam Kiefel never likes taking any plotters, but, you know, he's done a he's done a massive turn there to get that team out from being 3-0 down and probably going in, body language wasn't great, going off the ice, probably guys expecting a bit of a, a rollicking in the changing rooms, probably got it and came back out. And, you know, we're out just that wee bit early there and ready to go. And as soon as the puck dropped, we were right back in the action. Speaking of the, the psychology, with regards to the Giants' point of view, Joel, from a from a clan point of view, they're three 0 up and cruising at the end of the first. You know, to go into the second, sorry, going to the end of the second, suddenly they're they're one goal down, and they okay, they got that goal back, but they never really recovered fully to the same pump. Giants didn't let them. Let's be fair, but then they go into the next night against the the, the Manchester Storm. Lead two nil, drop a two nil lead to make it the storm come back to make it two two, and they do find a way to win the game. So obviously, learning from experiences like what they had on on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, you can draw parallels to the the Giants weekend, which took place and unfolded a day earlier than the Clans weekend. Obviously, the the Giants uh, went in after the first period against Dundee with the three nil lead, and um, very very hard to come out. And uh, and you know that that's to me. Uh, and I played amateur sport for a lot of years and whatever else, so I have some insight, but absolutely nothing in terms of guys who have made a fortune and guys who have made a career of it. But um, to me, the difference between uh, an, an, a pro athlete and someone uh, who aspires to be is the ability to engage like that mentally. You know, everyone, if they had the dedication, can go to a gym, can get themselves physically ready, fast, strong, whatever. But you've got guys in that locker room like Pat Dwyer. Um, you know, those guys have that kind of i'm gonna say x factor sorry that those guys Ding. have that <laughs> those guys have whatever it is and if you could bottle it and sell it you'd be a multimillionaire. millionaire um, oh, to, to-, <laughs> to, to come out and turn it all like that but the, the point is giants uh three nil up after the first period against dundee came out struggled um because they had already uh, you know pushed that lead up um the next night obviously uh, the clan came out and uh, and struggled once the Giants had turned it on. You know, it's they learned their lesson the next night, as did we. Um, but it is, I mean, it's it's a really interesting part of sport that that whole psychology aspect. It's it's the thing that makes kind of uh, good athletes great sportsmen. Um, I'm just glad that we were on the right side of it this weekend. Two names, first of all, says Patrick Dwyer. Mate, uh, I said the daily about 10 days ago. He's just a Rolls Royce. Always, I've always rated Jim Vandermeer when he's been here, and I've said Jim's just, you know, he's, he's a luxury. Um, but Patrick Dwyer uh, is, is going to be a star in this league if he can keep him fit. He's, and the best part, well, not the best part of it, obviously he can play. We know he can play. You don't get to play 416 games in the NHL if you're an average player. Um, and but it's just what he brings to the team. You know, you can see that Adams Adams put him up and down on different lines in the first four games last season. I think he's played more or less everybody. Um, and he, 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 there's no there's no pause button. There's no uh, there's no part of it that he just goes, well, you know what, I don't want to play with these guys. He, he, he'll play with anybody if he's getting nice time. 
Um, and every bit of ice time he's getting, he's absolutely deserving. Um, you know, I thought he played well with, he started the game on Friday night with uh, Rudy and Murph. He switched around to play with Jonner and Bond. And then on uh, Saturday, at one point, he was playing with Ferdy and Beauvillier. And then he switched over with Shades and he went back to play uh, with uh, Jonner and Bond again. So, you know, it doesn't matter. Anybody, if I was playing again, I'd, it's just a dream to play with because he's so smart. There was one point on, um, I can't remember if it was Friday or Saturday, Patty, but he passed, I think it was Dicko, I think it was Friday night, and right down in front of us, the glass, uh, right down in front from our comedy position, Jonner was coming off the bench. I have no idea. You know, and I mean none. I, I I can't explain it. And he put it right on his tape. Right onto it. Jonner, unfortunately, couldn't finish it off. But, you know, Jonner was flying in. It's like, he, you know, it's like eyes in the back of his head. And his vision is outstanding. He's such a good skater as well. You know, he, he's, he's, he's deceptively quick. Um, but I see Neil Russell's uh, tweet. It was, um, or maybe it been Saturday night, uh, that he watched the game. Um, I wouldn't give him a shout out if he just said, like, but um, I seen it as his tweet that he put out saying about Pat Dwyer going to be you know going to be a stud in this league, and he's a hundred percent right. He's 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 just different class. First time for everything, coach. Hundred percent right. Uh, <laughs> how you doing, you know, coach? I think, I think I think he heard me saying it in front, so he just took words out of my mouth. Uh, that, that that makes more sense. That makes more sense. <laughs> uh, David, come to you. The the wraparound game winning goal from Dwyer comes at speed. I'd say Rempel was sleeping a little bit, but um, a nice finish. Look, says it's Randolph Alistair superlative straight out of the you know the got a little bit of everything. This guy and his vision is the key. Some of the some of the passes that he comes off with now he's been picked off a few times as well. But you know, there's a time to pass. But I'm not going to tell him that he's nearly 500 games in the show. So who am I? You know, um, <laughs> David McChempsey. <laughs> I'm not a big deal like some of the other boys in this podcast, That's but true. you know, um, look, he's got a little bit of everything. But for me, his vision is the key to do his game. He hasn't slowed down that much from you know as as Kane's days. You know, this guy could be one of our very top players behind the bush this season, you know. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Uh, we didn't see the bush this weekend. Maybe we'll see him on Wednesday. Joel, the other name that I had written down here is uh, Josh Roach. Yeah, uh, uh, telling that the, uh, Mark Garside when we had a chance to, to chat to him tonight, um, he was one of the guys that he singled out, you know, coming in as that kind of unknown uh, quantity, didn't know what he's going to be like. Uh, Josh Roach and also Kendall McFall, obviously, uh, former teammates and coming from the same kind of setup. Um, I just, uh, bottom line, I just think they're going to be absolutely outstanding additions to, to the Giants. You know, uh, it, it feels like we could sit here and nearly pick through every single name on the team sheet and, and say the same thing about it, um, but it speaks to the the depth that the team has and the the quality and the points that are still yet to be uncovered. Um, I think Josh Roach is going to be one to watch all season. Um, and, and while I have the 
the, the sort of the floor. Um, one name that I haven't mentioned that I have actually found it, it's it's almost the sort of storyline in itself. Um, I'm having a ball watching Paul Swindlehurst play this season. Uh, that partnership with Jim Vandermeer is phenomenal. Um, yeah, I spoke to him over the weekend there and and asked him, you know, is is that something that is of benefit to you? Is is Vandy kind of guiding you as he's speaking to you? Is as he teaching you from his obviously his, his fast NHL experience? And um, he said absolutely. You know, he's he's sitting him down at practice and he's, he's talking about the little things that that he could maybe be changing or, or doing better. Um, I'm just having so much fun watching Paul Swindlehurst, who is an accomplished and, and a quality hockey player in his own right. But watching him sort of come uh, up into that Jim Vandermeer mold is fantastic. Watching the pair of them skate the blue line, they they both have fantastic one timers. They look physically in terms of their height and their size like each other. I'm just going to have so much fun with that defensive pairing. Um, and I went off on one there. I know you asked me about Josh Roach, but I think we could sit here and wax lyrical about the entire team after a performance like that. At some point, Josh Roach is going to score one of those coast-to-coast goals. He had, he had a good yeah. few chances at the weekend. Uh, we're going to look quickly before we move on at the some of the three-word weekends that we got in. Redbeard, Dave, welcome back, Murph. Andrew Adley, a Dwyer weekend. Stevie, training for zebras. We didn't get onto that, actually. I had a big wooden spoon to, to stir there with Sis, but I didn't get onto it. Um, Duncan, Kleenex for Joel. <laughs> Come on. Oh, baby. Yeah. Uh, Mark Smith, amazing team performances. Mark Smith again. Sheffield got spanked. We'll come on to that. Uh, Alan Durish, Dwyer on fire. Uh, Peter Stubbs, Bond, Kyle Bond. It was a James Bond gift. And uh, various others. Alan Price, Garst, Boxy Hook. I think that's a fair one. Dwyer's on fire from David McAleese. Uh, Keep on trucking from Gareth McShane. Kirsty Dunlop, Dwyer, Roach Bond. Uh, Roars 4 and 0 and Daryl Moore comeback kings we had loads of them coming in thank you very much to everybody for your three word weekends um, if you want to see the highlights kingdomofthegiants.com you get our game report uh, our post game interviews uh, the Belfast Giants TV coverage and a whole lot more besides actually you know what I am going to ask says says you seemed angry at the, uh, at, the at some of the referee end on Saturday nothing angry is the right word man. I was trying to remain as positive about them as I possibly could. There was a couple of really strange decisions. You get that. Um, but there was one thing that was brought to my attention after the game by um, a couple of Brayhead players and a fan that was sitting behind their bench. They're always, as I say, I mean, Davies, a massive supporter of the black and white stripes. Um, and I said at the start of the season, I didn't want to have a go at them if I didn't have to. And I, I genuinely don't think I did have a go at them on, on Saturday night. I thought I was trying to be objective instead of just being a normal. Which is the habit of a lifetime. <laughs> the, uh, there's, there's something to say. Two, two Brayhead players and a fan um, said to me about something that Liam Sewell had said, uh, which for me, is absolutely bang out of order. And I know you're going to have to use a bleep machine. Um, well, well, I'll, 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 I'll say it with the, say it with the, the family-friendly part. Um, but it was heard telling Peter Russell, who's the head coach of GB and the Glasgow clan, the F off. You know, it's all about, you know, it, 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 we keep on being told about, um, you know, it's about respect. And respect's got to be given both ways. And as a player, you know, 
I think Joel brought it up on on Saturday night um, about uh, um, when he got a penalty. I think it was coming towards the end of the second period, and then even straight over to the referees at the end of the second period and tried to, you know, you can, you can see that he's obviously having a discuss with him. Now, we know what Cons is all about. Um, he didn't get another penalty for it. He was probably lucky that he didn't because you don't want to, you know, you, you certainly don't want to, um, you know, hinder your, your team's chances again. We, we suffered enough that last year. Um, but it's not ideal for a coach, sorry, for a, for an official a head coach, the F off. It's a bang out of order, in my opinion. Yes! These comments come to you from Simon Kitchen. I don't think that's much appropriate. <laughs> because, as I say, it's, you know, there was, a, there was a referee in Scotland, and we, we played an awful lot of games in Scotland um, when I was younger, Simpson. Um, you know, say if, I, say if he caught me looking at him, he'd give me a penalty. Doesn't make a difference. Did not to say anything to him. There's people just dislike the look off you, and that's fine. I have no problem. I didn't lose any sleepover, but it was annoying at the time. And Liam Sewell, yes, you know he's made great strides. He's he's, he's officiating in the ECHL, and I think he did a couple of AHL games last year as well. And that's great. You know, it's all about trying to develop um, officials from here. And if they can't be good as an ice hockey player, and you can't get the the show, you can't play in the IHL. That's you know all good and well. Go into officiating and do this as best you possibly can. And that's fine. Just go and do it. But, you know, doing that, you cannot be telling um, officials or telling team representatives while you're on the bench and even being heard by a fan who's sitting behind them. You just can't do that. No. Very unprofessional. And that's one thing that Mike Texas and, uh, you know, Darns, I don't know, if we, we was watching the game on Sunday night um, for the Cardiff on the free sports. Some of it. We'll come back to that. I think Darns was mic'd up. He was. Um, and you could hear him, and, and he was communicating with the players, and I thought he did a great job. It was an easy game for him, in fairness, but I thought he did a great job for what I watched. Once it was 6-1 at the end of the first period, I just turned it off because you know I went on to watch the uh, um, Storm and, and Glasgow game. But um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real it's a, it's a bugbear with me because, again, we're being told that the officials have got a tough job. I understand that. Um, yes, they've probably got Adam Keefe in his ear and he's got players in his ear and he's got Peter Russell in his ear. But you can't be telling the coach to take himself off using the F word. There's so a, here, there's, so t- sorry, Joel. You're okay. If, if a player speaks to the officials like that, you're happy that every time a player chops an F-bomb, it's a two-minute penalty? No. if you, It's the way you say it. If I was basically going past, you know, the play was in for F's sake and I got a penalty for that, I'd be pissed off. If I, if I spoke to an official and tell him to go and F himself or, or call him all sorts of names, I'd expect to get a penalty. And if it didn't, that direct, he, was, he, wasn't, he wasn't skating past and just telling, oh, for goodness sake, give over. He was telling F up. Hmm. If, it's a, if, he, if Peter Russell had said that to him, he's getting thrown out of the game. Well, that's that's my only argument there. If you know, if, if Peter Russell then obviously has to be able to speak to the referee, and the, if the referee wants to speak to other people like that, then he's got to accept 
a level of abuse back himself, and he's setting himself up for a very long season. You know, it's, it's, I, I agree with you. It's not acceptable in either direction. Setting up for a long season because he goes away at the end of the month. <laughs> I'm glad I brought it up now. I take your point. <laughs> I'm glad I brought it up now. Right, guys, going to move it along because we've spent a lot of time on this. We still to hear from Mark Garside. We're going to hear from uh, GM, the GM, Todd. Studium as well, uh, but first we're going to hear some of the uh, some of the interviews that says did down at training earlier today. We'll hear from Adam Keith, Francois Beauvillier, and first we'll hear from Tyler Bescarani. But should we play into it with a bit more Brittany? Please no. <laughs> oh baby, baby. Oh baby, baby. Four point weekend, uh, Tyler, and you missed the Friday night game. You got a rest, and uh, Saturday night big win against the Brayhead Clan. But a, a slow first period, and uh, the guys really need to kick up the backside to get going. Yeah, um, you know I think they came out a little stronger than we expected them to. Uh, you know they they didn't play Friday night, so they were a little fresher probably than than we were. Um, but you know we we battled back. I think that sh- it just showed our uh, our character on this team to be able to come back from a, a three nil lead and down three nil and and to be able to come back and and pull out a win. It was uh, it was a good character win for us. Your first appearance in a competitive fixture in Belfast, big crowd on Saturday night. It's always nice to win. Yeah, you know it's uh, it's always nice having the fan support behind you. Uh, uh, whether you're at home or on the road, um, you know having having the nice crowd that we did did have on Saturday and Friday night was uh, you know it ju- it just helps us. It makes it more entertaining for us as much as it is for them. Four games, four wins so far, and the elite league action this week against the Nottingham Panthers Wednesday night. It's going to be a, a step up from what the Challenge Cup's been so far, in my opinion. For sure, um, you know Nottingham uh, they added a couple of nice pieces to their their squad this season. Um, they're they're going to come out flying. I don't think they've lost a game either yet. So uh, they were beating Saturday night against oh, Cardiff. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> but no, it's yeah. No, they got they got a strong team. They're uh, they're gonna they're gonna challenge and they're gonna battle for for that top spot uh, this season um, with with us and Cardiff and, and maybe a few other teams, a few other surprises. But uh, no, it's definitely going to be a good challenge for us and, and to see where where we stack up with these top teams. How you settling the Belfast? They've been here five weeks now. Um, picking up the accents okay? Yeah, they're a little easier than Scotland, that's for sure. <laughs> um, no, it's been good. Uh, the, the, the city's been nothing but, uh, but, but nice, but good to us. Um, the, the group of guys we have here, it's, it's, uh, it's a tight-knit group, which is nice. Um, you know, the, the city's, city's great. I think we've been lucky with the weather we've been getting, so been able to get out to the golf course. I wouldn't talk too soon. I know, I know. (laughs) That's why I said we got lucky, but, uh, no, it's been good. I, I can't complain. We're joined by Francis Beauvillier after the, uh, practice on Monday morning, getting ready for a big game on Wednesday night. Four point weekend. Um, Dundee was, uh, you're in control most of the game. Slow start against the Brayhead, uh, sorry, Glasgow clan, um, but uh, picking up the four points is the most important thing. No, exactly. Um, we had a good chat today uh, talking about uh, being ready from the start. Uh, obviously, that's not a start that we wanted, but uh, I think we're going to be ready for Wednesday. Nottingham Panthers, the first league game. Um, I know you're not used to this sort of you know, playing a Challenge Cup, uh, which is a different competition before the league, which is the, the main one. That's, that's the number one prize you guys want to be after. No, that's what Kiefer said. Uh, every game is important in this league. 
Um, you mentioned that in North in North America, usually you, you can start playing in February, March. Uh, that's when it gets it's more important. But in that league, every game is important, and that's what we're going to show up Wednesday. How you settling in? Uh, Belfast mere month now. Um, well, actually three weeks because your your visa was uh, a few issues. But how are you settling in? Oh, very good. Uh, the great the, the guys are great. Uh, I mean, the fans here are absolutely insane. I love it, and especially playing in, the, in this building, it's it's, it's something um, incredible. In this league, we I just been the five and Dundee, and I, I've I've seen her building, and it, it's amazing. So just uh, being in part of this team, it's 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 fun, and I wanna. I want to produce. I want to. I want to help this team to go as far as we can. Adam, after the win over Dundee on Friday evening, uh, Saturday night was a different uh, game completely. You, you get off to a really slow start, but ultimately uh, came through with a six-four victory. Yeah, that's uh, big. I mean, the guys responded really well in the second period, and uh, that's good to see as a coach because you never really know what you have until you see you face some adversity and how the guys handle it. And uh, obviously, came out and responded really well in the second period and. Uh, you know they pushed the pace and took took the game over, and uh, ultimately that set us up for for success and the two points. And, and it was nice to see as a coach for sure that we can we have that capability in that dressing room. Four victories out of four uh, so far in the Challenge Cup. You turn your attention now to the Elite League. Uh, Wednesday evening, Nottingham Panthers uh, come into town. They've they've made a lot of changes there as well. New coach coming in, um, and uh, they certainly look as if they're going to be up for uh, a really big challenge for this league this season yeah I think we're facing maybe a bit of a different animal here on Wednesday and uh, obviously being uh, the first league match uh, for us and uh, facing the Narnian Panthers is never an easy task so uh, I think it's a great test for us to see where we're at and see where we need to be Um, but uh, no I expect big things from our group I think that they'll uh, come up and and show up and and we gotta start uh, from the drop of the puck this time and uh, make sure that we're we're recovering ourselves and, and helping out and, and not uh, creating as many quality chances for the other team as we did on uh, on Saturday night uh, in the first period. So uh, we certainly want to be uh, make sure we're on top of our game come Wednesday. Um, you bring Hunter Bishop um, in last Wednesday. Uh, is he looking to get playing this week, or are we going to have to wait until the weekend or soon? Um, I think you have to wait until Wednesday to find out. Um, you know, I'm still uh, watching him and, and speaking to him after each practice and seeing how how his body feels. Uh, we don't want to put him in and, and put him at injury risk if if he's not feeling right. So uh, it'll be a game time decision come Wednesday. Your goaltending situation as well. Um, two good performances the weekend. Steve Murphy got the win on on uh, Friday night against Dundee, and you know that was a big game for him because he's been out for a long, long time. And then on Saturday night, uh, the newcomer uh, Tyler Beskarwani got the victory over Brayhead. Glasgow. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's a great problem for me to have with two very capable goaltenders, and obviously one being a, an import and one being a birth national it, it changes things it changes your lineup for sure when you have that uh extra import available as a skater so um yeah it's certainly a lot to think about uh going into every week um and it's a good problem like i said it's a good problem to have and it's a great tandem to have as well we'll talk about the weekend as well because obviously we're doing the podcast early this week um double header against fife this weekend away on saturday home on sunday uh, they have not had a great start to the season, but uh, they'll be looking to, to try and put that right, especially in their own barn on Saturday night. Yeah, I think I think Fife is, you know, they were missing an import when I when we went there the first time, and 
Uh, I think they ran into some suspension trouble here again this last couple of games. So, um, you know, they're they're struggling to get going, but I have no doubt that Fife's going to, you know, they're going to pick it up and, and they're going to be a real tough task for us and, and everyone, uh, every game they face. They're always a team that works real hard and, and has a lot of offense as well. So you got to really be on top of your game when you play them. Right, time for the fan agenda, sponsored by our good friends at Belfast Giants TV. And this week, a man back in the Belfast Giants side after a frustrating season last season, no doubt, where he had to sit a lot of it with injury. The man, I've been told the man who's uh, completely made out of glass, the first ice hockey player completely made out of glass, Mark Garside, how are you? I'm right, thank you, how are you? Not too bad, man. First questions first, how good is it to be back and playing game again? It's great. Uh, obviously, spent a lot of time off last season, and uh, it's a little bit depressing if you're just sort of just watching it all the time. Um, so it's been like a a five year old at Christmas at the start of the season. Should have kind of been that bad. You got to, you got the opportunity to sit next to uh, Mister Simon Kitchen on Giants TV. Uh, well, it's, you know, it's a debatable whether it makes it be- better or worse. You know. <laughs> I yeah, to, um, I, I, go, go I on, sis. To bring the next question up here and he's slagging <laughs> me off. Go on first, sis. You go for it. Gary, big goal at the weekend for you. Your 50th as a giant. Um, and it was a, it was a go ahead goal at the time as well after a, a really poor first period coming out and, and getting stuck in for the second. Uh, you definitely looked as if you enjoyed that one. Yeah, I mean, I actually didn't realize it was my 50th. I was just sort of, you know, I, I don't really concentrate on sort of individual, uh, you know, points or anything like that. But, uh, you know, me, Hookie and Boxy were out there just trying to get some momentum going in the first and then in the second there. And we were lucky, you know, we got a lot of pressure on and Hookie goes it around the top of the circle, makes a shot, and I'm just standing there joining the spot really to bat home and empty net. And obviously, you know, putting the top shelf and, and trying to hit the water bottle off, that was a target, I take it? <laughs> yeah, they always told me to shoot for that when I was a kid. But uh, you don't get a chance to shoot from that off from two feet out, empty net. So had to make it look good, you know. Well, it definitely did because I lost the run of myself on the webcast, and before I knew it, I'd screamed oh, the words, baby. "Oh, baby!" Oh, yeah. Sure. So th- thanks for nothing there, um, uh, Gary. <laughs> I, I once again dipped into the, the the bastion of knowledge and sense that is the Belfast Giants Facebook forum for oh, a few wow. questions. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's always an experience, but I've, I've got a few here, uh, some, uh, serious, some not so serious, and some I can't even read out. So, um, one for, from Morris Rafferty here, uh, and you actually, you mentioned, uh, both, uh, Boxy and Hookie there. Um, do you think playing as a forward, especially on a line with Boxy and Lewis Hook, will increase the likelihood of a return to the GB squad? Um, obviously a big year for GB. Um, and, and there's no doubt that you'll have that entire season to gel together, um, over the course of the games coming up. Possibly. I mean, I'm not sure what Kiefer's plans are as far as keeping me there, but for right now, we've sort of, last week we were there doing a job on fourth line, and all we can do is when we get out there is put 100% in and, you know, muck it around the corners, try and get us some momentum. And luckily last game, we, you know, we, we got some good possession in their end, and, you know, we managed to get a goal. So if we keep playing well, then you've always got a chance of making GB. Right, Garsh, um, yeah. Going through stats, says talking there about getting your 50th goal in your 410th appearance, as it is for the club, is going through a few stats there earlier. And, you know, bar for those number of injuries you've had over a few seasons, you'd be, you know, you'd be touching on close on 500 games for the club. And when you came yeah. over from the Edinburgh Capitals, did you imagine it would be 500 plus games for the club? And you must have some great memories over the last sort of six, seven, eight years. Yeah, I mean, 
when I first got over from Edinburgh, really, it was only, well, I was only 21, so really, when you're that age, you don't really look too far into the future. I'm more concentrating on trying to become, you know, a better hockey player and establish myself in a very good team, you know. So back then, really had no idea that I'd be here sort of nine, ten years later. But uh, no, it's been great. It's been a great ten years. Lots of great memories. and met lots of great people through hockey, so I'm, I'm really happy that I've stayed. And on my spreadsheet here with the all-time player statistics, the column on the furthest right is fighting majors, and under your name is one. Can you remember that? I think it was David Ling you decided to, to go hot stand with one night down yeah. in the, down by the penalty boxes. There didn't <laughs> I didn't, didn't, that. didn't end brilliantly, yeah, but you know, fair play to you for standing up. You know what what was going through your mind there? <laughs> I just remember, you know what I actually remember about it, it was Lloyd. He was getting chased around the ice by one of their players. And we ended up all in a big pile up sort of around the hash marks on the boards and somebody took my helmet off from behind and jabbed me and I was at that point you can't really just let them do this you know I just dropped the gloves hoping that he would fall over and that'd be the end of it but it turns out I fell over and desiccated my shoulder yeah you took on, you took, took, took on the wrong <laughs> took on the wrong guy there because of course he was notorious he went into the papers for a lot of beating he did on and off the ice <laughs> I know actually I spoke to some people a year later when I I went to the GB camp with Corey and David Clark and I'm like what what were you thinking when you were fighting him and I was just honestly I had no idea it was him or I didn't really know his reputation of that either I was just sort of hoping to stick it in there and not look like a bit of a fairy you know (laughs) do you know what It, it actually gave Neil Whiteside, a brilliant bit of video as well. If just in case you're back to the camera, just flicking the gloves off. Yeah, Dicko always uh, gives it to me for that. So you look good on camera until you fell over. <laughs> <laughs> We've got um, a whole load of questions that came in on Twitter. I'll ask you one or two of them here. There's one here that both comes from, from Fee and from Nal Perry, which is basically, do you prefer playing forward or D? Um, to be honest, if you're sitting out so long last season, it's just... Right now, I'm just happy to be playing. Um, if you had asked me a year ago, I would have said playing, playing. I love, I, I like playing D. Just the way my career sort of progressed, and the year I had playing with Marty, I felt really good and confident and stuff. But you know, I'm quite happy to play both right now and uh, just do a job for the team. We've got a few, all sort of along the same lines as well. Said, you know, who'd be your favorite Jan's teammate? Yeah, I was thinking about this. Probably a toss up between Davy Phillips. And Nick Kuiper, both for just pure hilarity, both hilarious people, uh, always providing guys with a laugh in the room. I've got one here from Michael Owens. Would you have? <laughs> would you prefer to play for an NHL team or have a number? One? Oh, a number one album, without a shadow of a doubt. Good lad, well done. Something different. Why? <laughs> Why? There was no hesitation there whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, Why? it was very quick. Why? Your you album's number one in my house. If you've got a number one album. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's trying to kill you. Nobody's <laughs> trying to kill you. <laughs> point. You know what? You can't argue. Yeah, you can't argue with that. No. There's another one here from Thomas Brownlee. Dear ice hockey player Mark Garcia, it was great to see you back in ice hockey doing ice hockey goals. Um, it was. And obviously he's a, he's a big big fan of yours anyway. But you're, right. you're talking about um, you know being back on the ice again and 
and you did miss an awful lot of, of games last year. This season, 12 new players coming in. Um, who stood out for you so far in the first month of, of training camp and obviously leading into the first four games of the season? You know, it's a lot of the guys have looked good coming in. I would actually say, as far as depth is concerned, this is probably the strongest team I've been in. You know, we seem to have four real good lines. Um, some guys come in with big resumes, you know, Paddy Dwyer, he's, he's looked really good on the ice. Uh, younger guys like Hookie's come in and he's trying to prove himself and he's doing really well. But uh, I'd say the one guy that I knew nothing about would be Josh Roach, who's, who's going to, you know, I think over the course of the season, people will see how good a defenseman he is, offensive defenseman. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you. I think he's been outstanding. I get it. I mean, I'm lucky enough I get a chance to see him and um, but even in the games, I mean, on, on Saturday, uh, he went coast. To, he was unlucky both times. Went coast to coast. Such a smooth skater, and yeah, and, yeah I, mean, I absolutely agree with that. He's good wheels on him. He's got real good skills. So I think the fans are going to enjoy watching him over, over the next eight months. Paddy, I'm going to jump in there from uh, a few more nuggets from the Belfast Giants Facebook forum. Uh, we will, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go quick fire here, Gary. Uh, Matthew Bill says, "What has been your favorite goal for the Giants? Is there one that stood out?" Do you know when uh, when Simon said I scored fifty the other day? I was trying to think of some of them that I actually remembered. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the first Lee one I scored was actually against Edinburgh. Um, Again, against your old club. Yeah. I remember that one quite clearly. Um, and I remember one a couple of years ago in Brayhead, I don't know if that was a wraparound. I have no idea if it actually went in or not, but they called it a goal and it looked really good, so I'll go for that one. <laughs> I just, before I, I continue with a quick fire, uh, I, I cannot stop laughing at the ice hockey player Mark Garside crack. And I know it's like, Oh, you, yeah. You're, you know, it's, it's, it's. Uh, I think it's like Scottish sense of humor, and it's an extension, maybe a more of a comic extension on your actual personality. And I think that's what makes it so funny. But the one of the greatest tweets I've ever seen on Twitter was after uh, we made the playoff weekend, and the official account a couple of years ago said the Giants have made the big dance, something or something like that. And Gary's tweet was, "Great ice hockey win tonight. Can't wait to get to the playoff weekend where I won't be dancing." I will be playing ice hockey. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely killed me. Listen, you really want to confuse it for field hockey either. So let's, you know, make sure you get your ice hockey. <laughs> um, you mentioned Brayhead there just a couple of seconds ago, and I'm now the Glasgow clan. Uh, Daniel Bars on Facebook says, can you ask him how anyone can think Brayhead Arena is in Glasgow? <laughs> I know. Touch you. Actually... I often, when people ask me over here, oh, where are you from? I'm like, nobody knows where East Kilbride is, so I'll just say Glasgow. <laughs> but every now and then I'll get caught up by a person from Glasgow who'll go, pipe their head around the car, that isn't in Glasgow. <laughs> That's for like sure. I'll, 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 I'll take that. Is East Kilbride not closer to Glasgow than Brayhead is? <laughs> um, probably roughly is. about the same. Uh, no, I think Brayhead's maybe a little closer. Right, uh, a couple more. Gary, pizza or pasta? Thanks to Beth Nelson. God, um, <laughs> can I get sick of both during the hockey season? <laughs> oh, pasta. That's uh, completely the wrong answer. Um, Adam Main says, "Heard you play a bit of guitar. Any gigs lined up? Do you want to? Do you want to start a band?" Um, I've no gigs lined up. 
I do actually. We are. I'm. I've been playing with a friend of mine for the last year or two. We're planning on getting some recording done, but in between being a hockey player, a dad, and a husband, it's the time is short. So it might take us a while. A nice hockey player. Um, and lastly, from Matt MacGyver, not so much a question as just a statement. Still looking executive producer credits on his music fortune. So uh, you can uh, expect an invoice <laughs> in the post from the one and only Matt MacGyver up there in the gods. I, I will. I look forward Thanks to, as I always. Look forward to sending uh, nothing back. <laughs> <laughs> it's, such, it's such a glamorous lifestyle, the rock and roll lifestyle. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Couple of ones, t- couple of ones to close it out. Uh, come on, from Twitter, James, James Clough. Uh, if you were asked to jump in nets, you'd do it, wouldn't you? Of course. Doesn't frighten you at all. Oh, it's terrifying, but I'd do it anyway. <laughs> We've got one here from a Kevin Surrett who says, "Can you confirm that Kevin Surrett was a better two-touch player than you?" <laughs> that is an absolute lie. Uh... <laughs> so. Was probably one of the more entertaining two-touch players you'll ever see. I'll, I'll say that. But, uh, <laughs> That's very diplomatic. Any any control from below the eyebrows to above the knees wasn't happening for him. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like me playing football. Never mind. <laughs> who's, oh, the, who, who's the best two-touch player? Ooh. Right now? Yeah. It's tough right now. Big group right back, now, so it's back hard, back it's hard back to tell when all back these new back guys. Gary. used to put in a good performance last season, but he's uh, he's not been around too much this year, so it's uh, it's going to be a tough one. Is it always the British lads? No, um, a good few imports like Martinelli used to be pretty good at it actually. Who? Never uh, heard of him. Ryan, Ryan Martinelli, yeah. <laughs> Whatever happened there, that guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a he's tough one, guys. Go like yeah. that, like guys, you know, moved uh, teams within the league. Uh, you, you, you go, guy who you've been playing alongside, something you're playing against. I don't really find it too difficult. I mean, when I get out there, it's not like I'm paying attention to them personally. I'm just trying to play the game, so I never really find it too like it bothers me too much. Um, yeah. I don't know what it is. It's, it's probably different for everybody personally. I think. You know, just uh, that was interesting. The um, one last thing. They ask you, so thanks very much for, for coming on and joining us. But uh, it wouldn't be the having you on without asking you, what song are we going to play out with, one of your songs? I'm definitely not one of mine. What? Well, no, it's going to happen. It's Davey, gonna, Davey, it's Davey, happen. I'm sorry, we got Davey Majemsey on the show, Guy. You know, that's big, big, big fan. Big fan. fan. He's still got that album that I'm trying to bury from like 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I love I, it every time I'm depressed to put it on. <laughs> I mean, it's going to happen either way, so you might as well pick one. I think we're being quite kind about it, you know what I mean? It's, just, it's, it's your call. Yeah. All right, I think there's a song on there called Working Inside. You can play that out. Working yeah. Inside, right. Davey, you started looking for it. more of a jolly one, that one. All right, we will play it out. Gosh, thank you very much for your time, and uh, good luck this weekend. All right, thank you very much. Thanks again to Garth for his time. Uh, let's look around the league, gents. I'm going to start off with this. Docs. 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 
Docs. Docs. The major talk with Dobson the last couple of days is the Five Flash Brett Bulmer, who in the game against the Five Flash and Dundee Stars has been given a subsequent two-game suspension for a hit. Um, he will sit that out before the Five Flash plays this weekend. His second game, his first game of the suspension was the return fixture at Dundee, and his second game is taking place on Tuesday night against the Guildford Flames. So he will be back on the side when the Giants face the Five Giants face the Five Flash at the weekend. But um, I'll start with you, Davey. Have you seen the incident? What do you think? I have seen the incident. Now, watching it again and again, and the Dobbs have done it, and they're super duper 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 slow moves that they're putting out this season. Someone's got a bit of software and uh, <laughs> is having a play with it. Look, he goes, he crashes down, and he explodes up into the head. It's more of a glove to per- perhaps neck chin area. You know, he's, he's elevating into it, and he kind of uses his arm into the head and neck area. You know their argument is there's no regard for the puck. The puck's on the end of the of the guy's stick, and after the check's finished, it's on his stick. For me, the the puck's there. You don't have to particularly have regard for the puck, in my opinion, to be making that play there. It's an okay hit if he makes that. If he if he hits him clean there, then is it the penalty? No. So the the regard for the pucks are a little, a little bit around. The D man has the puck on his stick when he hits him. So to me, he's fair game to be hit. It's a little bit high. I think he's unfortunately two game suspension. Hopefully, the guy he hit is okay. The potential of serious injury on this on this style of hit is extremely high, which is the reason for the supplementary discipline. Is the report on Dobbs, Simon? Uh, yeah, that's just it. What, what David says, I think he's one hundred percent correct. Um, is it a two game suspension? Mm. I think he's been a wee bit hard done by, to be honest. Um, I think in, in, a, in a game that's that's probably. You know, game penalty for for hitting to the head. You know, it's. Uh, I don't. You know, you could argue that he's targeted the head because the way he's gone down and gone up. But you know, he's. he's I think he's unfortunate that he, he sat out the rest of that game and then a, a further two games. So, um, you know, I think there's 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 discipline, different levels of discipline there he could have had. Now he's going to be called a repeat offender for that for the rest of the season. I think he's a little bit unfortunate, but I can see where they're coming from. It's a, it's a very good. And well detailed like um piece of work by Dops. I'll give them that much. Um, I'm actually just sitting watching here again in this super scum. It's a really good job, as you say. But you know, when you, you see number three getting in there and playing the puck around behind the boards and then seventy seven coming in to pick it up, he is skating around there with his head down as well. Um Yeah, he looks over he looks over the other he looks over the others. Looks over to his right yeah, I, and then turns left. Yeah. We will you heard a story we will right put out his right arm. No, I can't remember how long <laughs> <laughs> right, keep going like, what was that? Let's, uh, let's, let's stick to Dobbs, Lance. <laughs> you heard the story of a bit of harsh. You thought, sorry, say was It was 73. It was Matt Bissonnette. Oh, was, did he leave the game? Uh, no, there was no injury as far as I know. Your thoughts, Joel? Um, I mean, I, I echo what the boys have said, to be honest. I had a look at it uh, today and, and I thought that the hit itself was fairly unspectacular. You know, they've, they've called it because of the way he, uh, you know, he squats down and elevates up in towards the kind of neck and head area. I think from reading the DOPS article, uh, the, the sentence that's key here, the sentence that, that is sort of the insight, this type of check, caps lock, 
bold must leave the game. To me, this is an example call. This is an early season example call. Uh, they're they're giving them two games. It's it's harsh, but it's going to make the rest of the league sit up and take notice that if this hit can be a two game suspension, then we got to clean the act up. I think in isolation, it wasn't an overly spectacular play. There was no injury, um, and and it, it was you know as Davy says, you know it says the that he's not addressing the puck, but you know you've got a you've got a a player coming around the back of his own net with the puck, and it's a narrow channel there, so you're just trying to separate man from puck to try and gain possession. And um, to me, it's an example call. It's it's to make an example of the type of hit and to set a precedent for the rest of the season. Coming into some of the things around the league, it's quite a quite a weekend for. We talked about our own comeback against the the, the Glasgow clan. Um, the Cardiff Devils had a comeback against the Nottingham Panthers on Saturday night in the league, 2 0 down to win 3 uh, 2. Coventry and Nottingham on Sunday had a bit of a, had a bit of a battle as well. Uh, that went to a 5 4 win for Nottingham in, in a shootout. Uh, but the two games that I'm going to concentrate on both involve the Sheffield Steelers who have their own bit of news and we'll get a lot of people saying mm, you're talking about the Steelers again let's be fair they have been the major news of the last couple of days they had a home game in the Challenge Cup against the Manchester Storm which was taken the overtime with the Storm taking the points and then they went down to face the Guildford Flames um, a lot of tweets looking to get back in after the game against the Manchester Storm in an interview uh, with uh, Pete Spencer of the BBC, he said, you know, there, there may be changes made. And a lot of people see that he's thrown a couple of players, maybe thrown his players under the bus for the performance. So they needed to react in the game down at the Spectrum. And uh, they didn't. Uh, we do have our Guildford correspondent here in Joel Neal. But <laughs> if you were following on Twitter, he was keeping you well up to date on how Guildford were getting on. Thanks for that, Joel. They That's were beaten soundly 5-1 by the flame. Subsequently today, we hear that the Rupert twins have been, uh, well, let go. They, they play no former part in the Sheffield Steelers season. And the Steelers are in the market to bring in uh, a couple of new players or maybe one player on two players' wages. Who knows? There's a bit of a meltdown going on in Sheffield, says. It's great, isn't it? Um, <laughs> The, the only thing I'm concerned about is, um, you know, the, when you get rid of two players uh, who haven't really been for them, and let's be honest, I mean, Sheffield have a, you know, they're par for the course. They've done that before, and and yeah, you want to get somebody to give you a bit of a spark, and you'd like to think it's going to be a big name now, um, or somebody that they know that can make a difference. Um, that changes over the summer. As did you know, Nottingham. Uh, we did. Glasgow did. Uh, with quite a lot of teams around the league. Dundee, I think, made thirteen. So, and a lot of new players coming in the the age team. It doesn't always happen overnight. It doesn't always click overnight. And sometimes you just need to bear with it. Um, and sometimes you need to make changes. Paul Thompson's decided that that uh, he thinks it's time for a change. And um, you know, again, I would I would say that Sheffield have already made. In roads to, to try and get somebody in for this weekend because I think they're up against Manchester and then Cardiff this weekend. Yep. Um, so, you know, two tough games and like, I don't really care. It's just so you can do what they want on side of things. But, um, I'm a, I'm a, you know, disappointed that they didn't pick points up this weekend. Absolutely not. Um, I thought it was a 5 1 loss to, to 
Ilford on the road and then you know losing at home. Was it was it penalty shots or was it okay against Manchester? And penalty shots. But the one thing that we're very very lucky with, uh, we have a coaching network and coaching group that we've had for years in Belfast, um, and obviously Adams, you know, brought that ethos into it as well. He will stand up and speak to you if you get beat six 0 if you win seven 0 if you win one 0 doesn't matter. Adam Keith will not ignore you. He will stand up and talk to you, and I think the players, so I think the fans deserve. Um, to hear the thoughts of the coach after every game, whoever's you know, whoever's there at the time. But um, I just thought you know, I seen their tweet came out last night going, "It's not the time to talk." We'll make a in uh, due time, uh, I believe it was. Your, yeah. your post games in due course. Fans, fans who I, I don't know, did Guildford have a webcast last night because I knew they didn't want to have one last year. Like, uh, no, um, you know, so if, if fans can't get the game, you know, you, you like to think that. Um, you can hear from the players or from the coaching staff the thoughts on how they thought they went for that game. I thought that was a bit rude, but again, no points. Um, Davey, I'm going to come to you on this. The, the Rupert brothers have been moved on. Uh, there was major upheaval in Sheffield over the summer. I think they only retained one import, so there was a lot of changes being made. And we're talking we're only a couple of weekends, only four league games into the season for the Sheffield Steelers and a couple of a couple of cup games. And already there's been there've been two guys showing the door. Now is this a case of yes, these changes have to be made. Let's be fair, I think they've only scored one point between the two of them in that time? Or have these guys been scapegoated when they haven't been given time to settle? You know, it's it's actually it's pretty hard to know. Like, you know, you look at that what um what uh, Paul Thompson said about them back in whatever it was, April, May, June, whenever he brought them in. I'm dead excited to land the power of them. You know, they tick so many boxes. They're young, talented, skate extremely well, they play with jam, you know, and did is this bad recruitment? Is this two guys that have shown up a bit complacent? Is this two guys that just weren't as quite as good as he, you know, has he not done his due diligence on them? Have they been scapegoated? There's, a, there's bound to be a little bit of everything in that party. You know, the, the guys that came in there, Sheffield certainly haven't had a good start. Uh, you know, the, it would be easy to blame goaltending, of course, from our point of view. But, you know, the, on on the second game of the weekend, you know, Jackson Whistles something like 95%, save percentage. You know, the, the, it's the, the fact that they've, They've allowed something like who was it they were they playing? Guildford or Milton Keynes? Guildford. 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 You know, they've let up forty five shots, the the Guildford, and you wouldn't expect you would ex- we we talked earlier in the season about whenever they signed Jackson Whistle and they seemed to have signed a pretty solid decor around yeah, him. They did. Um and you know, but you need to get you need to get defense from more than just the two D men that are on the ice at the time and Seems to be a massive criticism of Paul Tom. Paul Tom was very, very quick to criticise his players out in the open. He's always done that, so we can't really expect anything else. You know, he said at the weekend that um, he was embarrassed and, and that the team have let him down. And but they will come good, you know. And uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm a bit like says it doesn't. So all that's a bit disappointing for them. You know, seventeenth of September, and you're out of work. Uh, and that's going to be difficult for those guys. You know, at the end of the day, they've got to they got to put put food in their bellies and pay for their mortgages back home. So you know, disappointing for them. But you know, especially if they've been scapegoated. But 
it gives the chef an opportunity now to freshen things up really early on here. You know, you wouldn't want you wouldn't have expected Tomo to be freshening things up in mid September, put it like that. Joel, you know, there has to be credit given to the Manchester Storm and to the Guildford Flames, you know, for, for the results that they pulled off. Because, of course, I don't think Manchester actually won in Sheffield up until that game. But how much pressure now is there on Paul Thompson to find the right player? He's now thought that he's got rid of the two wrong players. Um, you know, how many changes can he make? Yeah, I think you, you touched on something that's important there. Um, I, whenever I spoke to uh, Todd Didiam from from the Five Flyers earlier, uh, the, the full extended interview will be on KingdomOfTheGiants.com. But um, we talked uh, kind of at length about how the league has, uh, there's a lot of parity now that, that there didn't used to be, that there never used to be, sorry. Um, it's been a long day. And, uh, uh, you know, you can't go into any game thinking, oh, Burley playing Guildford, it should be easy. Oh, sure, we get Storm, no problem at all. It's not like that anymore. Uh, you will be humbled if you go into any game with complacency. Um, the Steelers themselves, you know, I will revel in their failure as much as the next Giants fan. I have absolutely no issue with being called bitter. I have no issue with saying that I hate yeah. their club. Absolutely no issue whatsoever. And I will throw my head back and I will laugh every time that they slip up. Don't get it twisted, though. This team will come good. If you're sitting there expecting them to run on like this for the rest of the season, you're going to be sorely mistaken and you're going to regret it. You know, the, the Steelers are a quality outfit. And, and no matter how much we talk about how tin pot their organization is at the top sometimes, let's remember that they have one of the biggest trophy amalgamations and accumulations in, in sort of modern British hockey history. And um, the, the, the cutting of, of the, of the twins, the, the Rupert brothers, um, you know, there needs to be a response. There has to be a response with whenever it's a slump like that. Sports is a business. It's a results-driven business. And Paul Thompson is not going to finish a game, especially Paul Thompson is not going to finish a game and say, do you know what? I sack me. I'm the problem. I'm done. He's not going to, he's not going to cut himself, you know? Um, so he had the act. Um, he's, he's acted. He's got rid of, of, of two guys. They came as a package. They are leaving as a package. And maybe that was a, a strategic move in order to, to free up kind of money to bring in kind of one stud. Uh, we talked earlier about how, you know, uh, it's, it's not as, as slim pickings as you might think out there in the market at the minute. You might get guys that are being cut from camp across the world. You might get guys that are coming out uh, who thought that they had a job for the season similar to these guys and, and they're looking for a deal. The pressure's definitely on, but I have absolutely no doubt that the Steelers will put a run on and, and that they will be a formidable opponent for the season. This story will play out over the next couple of weeks, no doubt. And speaking of your uh, parody, Joel, uh, there was a game on free sports on Sunday, the first game of the season <laughs> under the new free sports deal. Uh, the game between the Cardiff Devils and the Milton Keynes Lightning. Up, you know, parody. 9-1 to the Cardiff Devils. A challenge, I think it was a Challenge Cup game. Let me just check. Yes, it was a Challenge Cup game. Uh, MK Lightning really struggling. And it was Joe, a cricket score. Well, it could have been even more. Yeah, regardless of how good the league gets, you're always going to have those complete blowouts. Um, the, the Milton Keynes Lightning obviously have had their issues in preseason, whatever else. Um, it was just a, a, for me, like those kinds of games will happen. It's unfortunate that it was put on our brand new shiny television platform and it was the first sort of marquee game that, that we were shown. Uh, even the home fans uh, that I saw kind of on, on Twitter and reacting after were saying that they were bored of that. You know, that's a veneer that's gone, uh, that those kinds of games were routine maybe kind of five to 10 years or so ago. Uh, not so much anymore. But, you know, you're talking about a team that had their problems in, in preseason in terms of recruitment, in terms of their coach coming in against the defending champions. Uh, sometimes <laughs> I, I was going to use my bleep button there, but sometimes stuff happens. Very true. But I'm 
it was good to see Aaron Murphy and Paul Lady back on TV and there being a coverage on live TV. Good luck to them. No doubt we'll hear from we'll hear from uh, Aaron Murphy in a couple of weeks when it comes to the next game. Let's look at our own games, guys. Uh, we're going to have a couple of interviews. We'll start off with the Belfast Giants take their first foray into league competition this week. They'll face the Nottingham Panthers on Wednesday night, 7pm at the SSE Arena. And earlier today, to give us a bit of an insight, our good friend Davey called up a good friend of his own, Gary Moran. like to thank Gary Moran for joining us today. And, and Gary, let's get right to it. There's been a couple of massive changes for you on and off the ice, but let's look behind the bench first. Corey's going off to Germany and swapping places, Rich Turnomez, and uh, coming in from DEL2 side Frankfurt. How's that all working out for you? So far, so good. Touch wood. Not that we're superstitious. Um, yeah, you know, Corey, Corey was great for his 11 years, 15 trophies. Um, but, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, divorce is inevitable. And in sport, you know, the time had come and it suits Corey. He's, he's landed a, a good career uh, path for himself, hopefully. Uh, starting in DEL2 and then Rich has come in and, you know, it's just a fresh face, a, a, a fresh approach, uh, a new way of doing things, shakes things up. Uh, he has a look at the way we, we do things in Nottingham, obviously, and uh, tweaks it and changes it and some of his suggestions we've taken on board. And so far, you know, we, we had a good run pre-season, but that counts for nothing, you know, that really counts for nothing. Um and then in the league, you know, we, we, we've got a, a problem as was highlighted last weekend where we, we get on top, we get a couple of goals up and then for some reason we, we go to sleep and get caught out. So, you know, he knows that, he's aware of it and he's going to try and sort it out for what we come to Belfast on Wednesday. As you say, I was sort of alluded to in, in your in your first piece there, you know, you've made quite a nice start. Okay, you've, you dropped a couple, I pointed in Cardiff at the weekend there, but, you know, Something you kind of lacked last season, maybe in the start of the season before, you know, you didn't jump out to that quick start at the start of the season. Has this just been something Rich has brought in, a bit of a, you know, new broom sweeping clean, just new ideas, just re-energise the building? Yeah, kind of, and the fans have taken to Rich as well, and they they they, they bid Corey a fun well, farewell and thanked him for everything he's done. But, um, yeah, you know, I was talking to Rich after the game in Coventry, and, uh, you know, he said, you know, you've got to, you've got, we've got to step back sometimes and look at them and say, you know, they're, they're, they're largely a young team and they have to learn that when you're a couple of goals up, it's time to bear down and keep playing and, and keep trying to do your best. And uh, you can't sit back and rest on your laurels or, or expect anybody else to do it. And I mean, this, this, guy, this guy is going to get that message through to the boys today, tomorrow and uh, on the plane, no doubt. And he'll still be telling them as well across the tarmac and then they'll still be telling them when they arrive at the Odyssey so hopefully they'll get the message A short retirement in Nottingham it's, it's about as rare as a Sheffield Steelers shut out this weather and you know could you have paid a better tribute to the, the departing David Clark than to, to hang his number from the rafters? Yeah I mean it's certainly we've, we've only got six retired numbers um, there might be one or two of us that I would have liked to see myself um, but, you know, David joins them. I mean, he had uh, 14 years with us. He, he, he nipped over to Italy for a year's holiday and uh, quickly came back um, to his uh, second home, if not his first home. You know, he's got young Basin and his wife, Jessa, here in Nottingham. They live here. Um, Morgan's over in Canada, America now. Uh, it's about 18 now, his son. Uh, he'll, he'll probably follow in his dad's footsteps. He's got great skills. So yeah, it was it was a well deserved uh, honour for David. We, we tried to keep it short and sweet, but still, 
you know, um, a, a fitting tribute uh, to him. So he's joined the other the other numbers, and um, five will never be used in a Panthers black and gold shirt ever again. I think the biggest. Uh sort of tribute that we could ever pay to David Clark as, as Belfast fans. He's, he's someone that we've often waxed lyrical about that, you know, if you could have had your pick over the years of any player, import or otherwise, from Panthers, it would have been Dave Clark 5, without a doubt. You know, he time and time again, especially in the power play, I'd, I'd love to see his stats, there's how many of those 600-odd points he came up with were, were against us in the power play. In key games and at key times in games as well, he came up with, you know, big plays at key times. Yeah, he had a big shot, big shot on him, uh, Dedicated, uh, fitter than a butcher's dog, uh, always came in lean and mean and, uh, did his best for us. Never gave less than 100%. And, uh, a great example to young players and, and, and other players. Um, but again, you know, he, he was aware of it. He, it was his own decision. Um, you know, sports, uh, a limited shelf life, as they say, and you have to move on. He's enjoying his, uh, role outside of the sport. Um, fortunately, thanks to the baby, he's quite capable of getting up early in the morning and starting. It's the working from nine o'clock in the morning till five o'clock at night. <laughs> What's that all about? Let's, let's, let's look at the, the roster you've assembled this season. I'm just going to ask you to look quickly at two. One on the back end, one at the front. Um, you know, the returning Guy Lepine on the back end. Just how key a guy is he going to be? You know, he knows the arena, he knows the league, but hell of a player. He is, uh, I mean, you know, our, our last coach tried to sign him ever since, you know, we never wanted to lose him when we lost him. Um, he was with us Grand Slam year. Uh, he was with us over three seasons and we won seven out of nine major trophies. So obviously he was going to have an impact. He's a big guy. Um, he actually doesn't look that big on this team because a lot of the others are as tall. Um, but you know, he, he can throw the big, clean, mid-ice hits. He can look after his teammates if he needs to. He can jump into the play. He's got a shot on him. And it was no surprise that uh, the new coach, Rich Schoenemann, has slapped the C on the front of Guy Lepine's shirt because he's a leader. And at the other end of the ice, a, a guy as well as Guy Lepine, who's no stranger to this league, albeit just one season back in Edinburgh, I don't know, maybe six, seven, eight years ago, something like that, Mark Curnaby's, um, and has started like a house on fire for you. Well, he did, he, he kind of slipped into the pre-season games, but you know, he's a, he's a wily old veteran these days. It's, uh, something like nine years since he tore the, the, the league up and ripped trees up when he was with Edinburgh. But you can just see he's got class. He knows what he's doing. He's, he's got a heck of a shot on him. If anything, he's probably replaced David Clark's shot on the power play and he's uh, been firing him. He's, he got one at the weekend at Coventry that just flew in. He keeps doing that. Um, he's, he's my tip for the slow burn. Uh, becoming a, a, a super fan's favourite at the end of the year. I'm not saying he isn't a fan's favourite now, but um, he's, he's not an eye-catching player. He just gets on and does his job, and I think he'll continue to do that job. And he'll get better and better. And he'll, uh, he, he's like the, the you know the, the older, more experienced players. Uh, you know, we we both had Brandon Benedict. You know, they know what they're doing. They get on with it. They adjust. They adapt. And as the season gets on, they 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 they, they kind of mature and ripen like a, a lovely grape on the vine. So I think Hurtabies is going to be one for the end of the season, but he's not doing so bad at the beginning either. I know you guys continually kind of market the biggest rivalry in world sports yourselves in, in Sheffield, but the first fixture... No, we never say it's world sports. <laughs> never. Yeah, biggest would. rivalry in European ice hockey. European ice hockey. That's a pretty bold statement all the same, guy. but um, I, I do I do jest. But, you know, for me, the first fixture I always look for is, you know, when are those dirty Panthers coming into Belfast? And it's this Wednesday night, Panthers top of the table, Belfast first league game. 
you know, this deserves to be a, a Saturday sellout. But you know, your your boys looking forward to the trip. Very much so. You know, I mean, uh, several of them have never been there before in their lives. Never mind to play ice hockey. So uh, they're looking forward to it. They're excited. They're, they're they're looking forward to every game at the moment. We've got some bumps and bruises to contend with, but who doesn't at this stage of the season? Everyone's stretching their legs and what have you. Um, they're looking forward to uh, trying to round off our road trip. We've had to play four games on the road in a row. Uh, we've won two and lost one. Should have won all three. Um, so they're hoping to, to end the road spell uh, on a high in Belfast. You know, we've had some big games in Belfast, as you know, in the past. We've had some great wins and we've had some bad losses. And um, Some of the guys are returning guys, so they've got memories from last year and they might want to set the record straight for them. And then, you know, we've got a couple of other guys. You know, you, you've got the likes of Jake Doty, who's been in this league and played elsewhere and what have you. So they're, they're no stranger to Belfast. And everyone's telling them it's a lovely arena, which um, obviously it is. And um, to be honest, you can get to Belfast as easy as we can drive the bus up to Scotland. So um, it's a road game, but it's a road game everyone in Nottingham likes to uh, look forward to and uh, is, is thrilled at taking part in. There's a lot of fixtures to be played between between now and April. And, oh, suppose, yeah, I tell suppose, me about it. I suppose even beyond for the British guys, you know, could be going into another dozen games post-season as well. But, you know, we, we briefly touched on before we started there that yourself from the end of last season, you know, only half a dozen days off or whatever. Has GM, the GM, still got the hunger to do this? Well, it's still the prettiest, most exciting sport in the world. So um, why wouldn't you want to work in, in ice hockey and, and do your best for your team and what have you? We're, we're, we're experiencing great crowds in Nottingham so far this year. Um, the pre-season went well crowd-wise on the ice and off the ice, so we're happy with that. Um, sponsorship's gone well in the summer. We've got a big new uh, team sponsor. We're now the Nottingham Panthers, sponsored by the Nottingham Building Society. And, and the GMB, who've been our long-standing front of shirt sponsors, are still with us big time on our community. We've got a load of new sponsors as well. Everything's looking good, so why wouldn't we be excited about it? Yeah, it's, 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 you know, you, you can't do enough for a good firm. And excitement runs into expectations as well, and expectations, hope for the season for the club. Win everything. Don't be, don't be no, no, win everything. There's no, there's no point playing sport at any level if you're not aiming to win every game. You will have bumps in the road. Everyone knows that. You're not going to win everyone, but there has to be a good reason why you lose games, and it can never be because you didn't try. Well, Gary, you know, I, I once watched an interview with you previously, and it was about, you know, um, the most important statistic or the most important number is the one on the scoreboard, and, and we always harp back. You're absolutely right, Dharma. But thank you for your time as always, and we wish your boys all the best and a safe trip to Belfast this week. Well, I know you don't really wish as well on Wednesday, but. No, no, no. Uh, I said a safe trip. Do our best. <laughs> oh, safe trip. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, my friend. <laughs> yeah. See you Wednesday. Thanks, Gary. Cheers, mate. Bye bye. You're welcome, bye. Thanks very much to Gary Moran. Davey, always willing to chat. I got so awful nice of them. Um, you know, they don't do that many interviews as a club out there on, in, uh, in the media land, and they're always very uh, friendly towards us, and uh, nothing's ever too much for for a view from the bridge from the Nottingham Panthers, and we we'll thank them for that. Your thoughts, uh, says going into this game against the Nottingham Panthers. I think this is going to be. Uh, we're going to really have to step our game up. Yes, we've done, uh, you know, four for four so far. Um, Dundee twice, Fife, and, and um, Glasgow. So I think Nottingham. You know, they come into the start of the season. They're as just new coach, um, experienced coach. Um, 
he knows what he's he's had. He's put a, a big squad together. I mean, there are some big boys in that team. Um, they brought Guy Lapine back, who uh, I think he's our captain this year, isn't he? Um, sure. And uh, you yes, know, he's yes, he he's a quality player, and and uh, you know, come straight out of, and and back to Nottingham again. You know, so it's going to be a tough game. I think this is that's definitely you know we we need to step it up. Um, we have played well at times. We haven't put a full sixty together. Yet, um, and I think tomorrow night. Sorry, right? Um, when we when we play this tomorrow, obviously, but we think tomorrow night that uh, they they really need to, to because everybody needs to come to play. Everybody needs to be ready, um, and kind uh, of to, to play sixty minutes. Yep, that's on Wednesday night. Uh, the Nottingham Panthers in against the Belfast Giants at the SSE Arena. Get yourself down there. First game in league competition for the guys. Uh, real going to be a real challenge. Um, get your tickets for that game. And if you can't, Belfast Giants TV, of course, will have all of the coverage. We move on to look to the weekend, and it's only one, two games on one team. It's a home home series against the Five Flyers. We take them on on Saturday night in Kirkcaldy at 7 p.m., uh, and then we come back to the SSE Arena 4 p.m. on Sunday. And, uh, well, we do have a, as we found out, a 23 minute long interview with our good friend Todd Dudium. Um, and here's a bit of a snippet of when he chatted to Joel earlier today. Now, moving on to Belfast, um, I watched your post game interview following the Giants 3-1 win in the Five Ice Arena on opening weekend. You made it very clear, and I could tell sort of from your body language and from your tone that that kind of performance could not be the norm this season. Was that game a learning curve for your team? Yeah, I've been told that a number of times that uh, I have a hard time hiding my body language. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I mean, look, and and we retained a core um, of individuals uh, from a successful team last year. Um, we tried to attract a few more, um, but because of uh, nature of injuries and, and guys – um, getting on with their lives. We were forced uh, later back into the recruitment market. But, you know, saying that, I think that, um, you know, we came in and I, th- I thought um, we've assembled uh, an excellent squad. And I, I'm sure that that looked that, that way to many people on paper. Um, it, it just doesn't fall into place magically. And it certainly mm-hmm. hasn't for us at the start of the season. We saw glimpses of it. I mean, the first period uh, against uh, Brayhead in Fife, um, down in Sheffield, and even even to a certain extent, a good majority of that game last night in Dundee, mm-hmm. I saw uh, a really glimpse of of what this team's capable of. But we're dealing with uh, with an inconsistency issue right now, and you know it's certainly been addressed a number of times with our our personnel, and and we have we have productive talks. Um, it, it's not always a, an easy fix. Guys have played a certain way for a number of years. And, you, you know, I think guys um, have adjustment to the bigger ice surfaces out here sometimes. Some players come over here and flourish. Other players um, have to skate a lot further than maybe they have in the past and um, have gotten away with um, being a little bit more pedestrian out there. But pedestrian in this league equals... You're under pressure, and, and that really happened the last time that Belfast were in our building, and, and that's one of the reasons why I was pretty unhappy with the performance. We sat back, 
and allowed Belfast to come at us all night and the score didn't reflect the game. I mean, it could have been a higher score line for, for Belfast. I mean, the one thing, when we finally got sick of being skated around all night, we, we had a little bit of a pushback in the third period. Mm-hmm. But by that time, the game was over. And, um, you know, it's just bringing that mentality that you're, you're putting your work boots on every night and you're not going to be outworked. Um, it's a work in progress. And, uh, you know, it's got to get messaged. The message has to get through to to our players. And um, But, you know, as I told them the other day in the room, this isn't uh, an issue between, you know, coaching staff or player or player and fan. Like, we're all in this together. And, you know, our, the people of Fife get behind us. And um, I think they recognize the pieces are there. But uh, Fife fans will always respond to a hard-working team that lays it out there every night. We saw that many times over the past years and you know if we have played you know half play like we have a couple of times um we'll be all right in our building it's certainly a, a hallmark of a, of a five flyer squad i mean the, the hashtag pesky flyers isn't ironic it's it's fairly serious let's take a look at the weekend quickly then you know saturday is a league game at home for you guys uh, sunday is challenge cup in belfast if you were to split the weekend if both teams were to split the weekend then i know you'll be chasing a four-pointer and you'll not tell me anything differently but if it was a split, which of those games would you rather take, league or cup? Um, at this point, I would say I would I would take my home game right now. Um, I think the people that have been coming out and supporting us in good numbers deserve it. Mm-hmm. I, I think a, a a big win at home against a a very well respected club in this league would do our players. Um, a world of confidence. Um, and, you know, I think that regardless of the outcome, I mean, my message to the players is not necessarily, not necessarily be to look at the score clock, but to, you know, play that good, solid hockey that we're capable of. Because once we do that, we've found ourselves in every game. Now, you know, we played pretty solid against Brayhead. It ends up in overtime. It's a close-fought match. Yeah. And same thing in Sheffield. I mean, regardless of what's said by anybody, we played well in that game, and it, it was closer than maybe some people are saying. Um, and, and once you get to that overtime and shootout, as what happened in Dundee the other night, um, you know, it's really a coin toss, right? So, but, you know, that's two losses and a win, um, and we played good hockey. But, you know, if we can bring that effort level every night, we will be in these games, and we will the, the wins will start start dropping for them. So, you know, the real message is to these guys is just go out, um, do what we're capable of doing, and, and and the results will take care of themselves. Don't grip your sticks and 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 try to push too hard. You know, just go and do your job. Keep an eye on kingdomofthegiants.com. We'll put that out probably on Friday morning as a bit of a precursor to the games over the weekend. Uh, Joel, you chatted with Todd. Your thoughts on this weekend? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, don't underestimate the Flyers. Uh, they, uh, it was very obvious f- from Todd's uh, post-game interview following the 3-1 Challenge Cup win on opening weekend that he was not happy. Uh, he was not going to take that as a standard for the season. Um, he, he gave Belfast uh, credit. He said that they were the best side that they've seen. Um, but it's just it's just not going to be what what's acceptable to him going forward. You know, uh, we're coming in, especially we've, we've had a long run of games here. You know, uh, two tough games at the weekend there. Uh, I'd say we probably emptied the tank somewhat in those 40 minutes against uh, against the clan. Panthers games are Panthers games. Uh, you know, like there's there's nothing more to be said there. It's a midweeker as well, and we head straight in with a travel day also. Um, I would take a split weekend. I would like four points, but I would take the split. Uh, I'm going to ask you, Davey. Go on. Ask me what? Well, what do you think? The weekend, five flowers. We're going to be playing some ice hockey. Um <laughs> As a, tribute, as a tribute to the ice hockey player Mark Garside. and uh, no, looking forward to it. You know, it's it's uh, it's always good to get in there. But it's what what is it? Both both league matches. No, both one league match, one cup game Saturday in the league Sunday in the cup. Ah, oh, I worry about them. See, to be honest, and I'm not trying to be cliche or anything. I genuinely will worry about them after Wednesday. And it's the the one thing that's in my mind at the moment is the visit of those dirty Panthers and. You know, once we get them out of the way, well, looking forward to them. You know, it'll be good, to be good, good quality webcast from Fife, and uh, obviously the league, the league winning podcast there on Sunday afternoon. Hopefully, with with uh, Simone Cuisine and, and Jolie Neal. <laughs> uh, says you had Jolie Neal and uh, you had uh, Dicko with you at the weekend. Um, oh, baby, who's <laughs> with you this week? <laughs> Stephen McGimsey's going to be with me on Wednesday night. No way. <laughs> yes way. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There it is. There it is. So uh, Stephen Jim's going to be with me on Friday evening. I think Jeff Mason's back on Sunday. Ah, excellent. Uh, he's uh, Jeff is busting to get back. I know he's speaking to him this morning training. So, um, also, just a big shout out, a big hello uh, to our our uh, fans in Glasgow tonight. Says some fantastic reviews on Twitter tonight. Really, really glad to see. Um, I'm glad you all tuned in and enjoyed the coverage. <laughs> Gord Zetterberg makes a big pat in the back there. Very big fan of the Denmark Belfast Giants again. Um, and uh, and obviously, you know, he doesn't know his arse from his elbow, but that's besides the point. Gord, your tears sustain me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know what I've realised there's one significant piece of sound bite that I don't have on this board in regards to Davey but I'll have it for next week and it involves the Nottingham Panthers I should have had it for this week I think Davey knows what I'm talking about we're going to have to get one for you <laughs> mate, who's in, mate who's in charge of this <laughs> do me a favour I've lost right my there. pen I've lost my pen <laughs> Is it going to be that one, Paddy? <laughs> it's going to be. It's going to be the one involved. <laughs> it's absolutely going to be that one. Uh, I was thinking about it the other day as well. I should, I should have, I'll dig that out and I'll be sticking that on. Don't worry. Um, yep. So those two games, seven p.m. on Saturday at uh, the at Kirkcaldy at the Five Ice Arena. Um, the webcast didn't go so well last time there, but. We'll, uh, we'll fire up details on that later in the week on kingdomofthegiants.com and the game on Sunday 4pm at the SSE Arena. Uh, if you can't get down to that, of course, Belfast Giants TV. Uh, any other business, boys? 
I just jump in quickly. Uh, the the interesting conversation earlier, just about uh, standards of refereeing and, and Tom Darnell's communication. You said he was he was mic'd up over the weekend there. And um, for anyone that's interested in that, he had an excellent video come out. Uh, I think by the Elite League, maybe two seasons mm-hmm. ago, and it was Darnell mic'd up. Was it against us? Uh, or sorry, was no. that a game featuring us? Possibly. I can't remember. Um, either way, if you do t- uh, Tom Darnell EIHL mic'd up on YouTube, it's, it's a phenomenal insight into the way that the better referees do communicate and do keep a game flowing, just for anybody that's never experienced it. You say that, you say that, I'm going to be a little bit of devil's advocate there. I think it was Sheffield Steelers against us, and I think it was a TV game. Um, is there something to be said that when the refs know they're mic'd up, that perhaps referee very ever so slightly differently. Fair point. Yeah, Do you agree, says? 100%. Yeah. And that's, that's as someone who, who sticks up for them even when they don't deserve it. Well, it's a video that, that shows what it should be like, I guess. Yeah, oh no, that, I think that's a masterclass. That, that actual video is how you would want your referee to perform night in, night out. Yeah, but fair point. Maybe <laughs> you should make that. up Toby Craig. <laughs> <laughs> not a great idea. Subtitles? Read them a night about it. Subtitles from. Um, love you, Toby. <laughs> Anything <laughs> else, please? That's me. Says nothing for me tonight, man. Oh, well, actually, do you know what? Yes, there is. Oh, go on then. Um, Sounds as if this show isn't we, long enough. Let's do it. I know, I know, but this, this is definitely well worth it. Uh, we Blake was in hospital today. Oh yes, uh, I wasn't feeling wasn't feeling in the school this morning. I was speaking to his mum earlier, um, and uh, he's okay. He's, he's uh, back at home and uh, and relaxing, but. Um, just goes to show that we, you know, it's it's what we take for granted is is um, uh, too much for for others, and um, just let the wee man know we're thinking about him, and I'll hopefully see him on Wednesday night because it's going to take something big for him to miss a big game against Nottingham Panthers. Yeah, here, and, and that and that picture that I came up with him behind the glass between Kiefer and Rob Stewart when two of them were talking it was an absolute belter. Yeah, it was a, it was a crack verdict. Very good one. Yes, yeah, so best wishes to him. Looking forward to it. We'll hopefully be down for the game on Wednesday. On that note, boys, we're going to wrap things up on what's been a bit of a bumper show. Um, thanks to Mark Garside, Adam Keith, Tyler Bescarani, Francis Bovillier. Thanks to Todd Dudium, uh, to GM the GM, and to Brittany Spears. Um, <laughs> Those games this weekend, or this week, Wednesday against the Panthers at the SAC, Saturday at Kirkcaldy against Fife, and Sunday uh, against Fife as well, 4pm at the SAC. So get yourselves to those games or keep an eye on at AVFTB or KingdomTheGiants.com. We'll give you as much information as we possibly can. You can email us at podcast at KingdomTheGiants.com. And if you want any of our post-game or any of the special interviews, SoundCloud.com forward slash AVFTB. We try to give you them, bring them to you after every single game. Thanks to our good friends at TPF, Total Performance Fitness. Um, and on that note, gents, thanks very much. Thanks, Paddy. Cheers, boys. Thank you, lads. And wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey. We'll be playing out with Mark Garside's Working Inside, and we'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge. And shopping girls look good today. Legs and chest are on parade. Looking up, but they don't look at me. Cause I'm feeling satisfied. I want the things that I desire. Sunglasses and cats I admire. Yeah.
Sports Social Podcast Network.